You were supposed to introduce us, remember? Sorry, I was chewing. Hi, welcome to What Mean. So, on today's episode, Alex, your wonderful host, and I, I'm Amanda, I'm his fiance, are going to be talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. Not Homecoming, Far From Home. Whatever, we're going to be talking about the movie with Tom Holland as Spider-Man, because we all know that we love Tom Holland. I love Tom Holland. He's big. Everybody knows that you love Tom Holland. Anyway, um... If you're listening, please marry me. <laughs> oh, okay. This, that's, how we're, that's how we're doing this? Alright, I see how it is. Uh, so, yeah. So, do you want to just go into a quick, like, non-spoiler thing like we normally do, and then we could just get into spoilers and talk about what we liked, that kind of thing? Uh, of course. Okay, so... Why am I the one over talking? Anyway, um... All in all, like, I've said this before and I'll say it again. First time you guys are hearing it, but still. I think Tom Holland is probably, like, the best casting that they've ever had for Spider-Man. Because Andrew Garfield was a good Spider-Man, but he wasn't a great Peter Parker. And then, oh, I always forget old dude's name. I want to call him Elijah Wood, but that's not the right name. It's Tobey Maguire. They're not remotely even the same actor. They have the same eyes. Anyway. Toby Maguire. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Toby Maguire. Um, he was a really good Peter Parker, but like not the best like Spider Man. And Tom Holland had like a great combination of both. And I just feel like even though he's twenty three because he's in his Blink One Eighty Two year, he like just very much like looks the part of a teenager and like does a good job like portraying um, dorky, awkward Peter. I agree. Um... I definitely like this movie. Um, there's a lot of twists in it that we won't get into now, but like overall, like the visuals and everything in this movie were like really well handled. Um, I was just really astounded by some of the things they did, and um, it was just a really solid, funny, like fun movie to kind of like give us a little bit of a breather after watching uh, Endgame, which is nice. It was kind of like when your parents scold you as a child and then later realizes they were too harsh and comes back with a bowl of ice cream like, I love you, forgive me. And then my dad, my dad does that, that's what she's referencing. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so we really enjoyed it. Um, I don't really believe in rating movies, but... Um, 10 out of 10, would recommend. Yeah, we, we both really liked it, so... Um, we're really late to this party. I'm sure a lot of you have already seen it. For those who haven't, though, um, we're about to get into spoilers, so this is your warning to kind of, uh, leave, maybe come back later, um, and then watch us kind of just talk more in depth about it. But yeah, go see it, go check it out. It's definitely will be, uh, worth your time. So, uh, you want to go ahead and get into spoilers now and kind of just talk about, I know you love talking about symbolism. That's one of the big things that I know, I know you, um, you study symbolism and shades of meaning, English major over here. Well, Sorry, she's I'm chewing, guys. And he keeps, like, looking at me while I'm chewing, and I'm like, uh, anyway. As you mentioned, like, I am an English major, and so we read into everything, and he hates that. Anyway. All the time, in multiple ways, even in our relationship. Fun stuff, guys. Anyway, no. I had, like, a bunch of stuff in my head last night, and now I can't remember much of anything other than, like, Banger, like, I've heard Tom Holland and Zendaya, and finding the bad guy to be extremely attractive in this film. What? <laughs> yeah, he was kind of cute. 
Oh, okay. Um, you know, he's actually, Jake Gyllenhaal was actually supposed to be Spider-Man, like, uh, back when they were making the old movies. Um, Is he the guy from The Notebook? I don't, I've never seen that movie, I don't know. Are you thinking of Jake Gyllenhaal? No. Or what, what's the guy's name? Oh, Ryan Gosling. I just said the same actor's name twice as if it was someone else. Anyway, it's early in the morning, guys. But um, anyway, he was going to be recast after um, Tobey Maguire had like a back injury or whatever. <laughs> but then they decided not to do that. So it's really funny that he ends up playing kind of a hero, even though he ends up not being one. I was not surprised when he was... Uh, revealed to be the villain, partly because we waited a long time to see, but also partly because like Mysterio's the bad guy, like, and it was kind of obvious in areas that he was kind of lying, like he was almost like too good and like too perfect in certain parts where it's just like I'm not, I'm not buying this. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think it's really cool, um, like all the references that they had to the original adventures, uh, particularly like. Tony and Cap, uh, I was just so emotional the whole time because obviously, like, people are still in a state of grieving over what happened. And I think that the intro did a really good job of, like, setting that up. I know a lot of people were complaining about the way that, like, Marvel was going to explain how all these people came back and they're the same age that they were when they left. And having that little, um, memorial type remembrance video at the beginning that was like apparently like made by students I think was like a really good just way to explain it away you know with a little blimp um I think it's really weird I thought it was really weird that like Peter and MJ and um like all their friends like the characters you remembered from homecoming all blimped and came back because you know, realistically, like, what are the odds that all of them would have been, like, part of the snap? Yeah, but then if you also do that, then you don't really have a movie, and you don't have some fan-favorite characters coming back, so... I'm just saying, it would have been cool if Flash hadn't looked at him, he came back, and he was, like, I don't know, he grew as a person, and he'd been grieving and stuff, because, you know, like, Flash develops in the comics, and I think it would have been a nice, like, character development for him. I think eventually they're going to do that. This is only their second movie with him. I know that he's been, Spider-Man's been in other um, Avengers-related things, but this is only actually technically his second movie in the universe. It's like a solo movie, so. I mean, there, there's time. They kind of, um, at the end, whenever his parents weren't there, his mom or something, it might have been his dad, I don't remember, but, like, he kind of seems sad, so they might, you know, go into, like, you know, backstory later on. Like, he, he seems like he's... He's not like he is in other things where he's just a straight-up bully where he would actually beat up on people. Like, he's more just, he'll just pick on people kind of thing. Yeah, and they were definitely setting up for him, like, some character development with, like, him texting his mom, telling that he had not heard from his dad the whole trip, even though he's, like, been abroad. And then um, his mom, like, not being able to, like, show pick him up from the airport. I don't know, I think it was a really nice contrast to that, and then, like, Peter, because, you know, his aunt was there waiting, and she was just, like, so excited to see him. Yeah, and, um, it was definitely, like, like, I, I was originally not really super, like, a big fan of, 
young Aunt May. Like, I was kind of against it originally, but, like, they've really sold me on it recently. Like, I really am a big fan of their dynamic and just, like, the whole thing of where, like, they do the... Kind of they took something from the games where um, in the Spider-Man PS4 game, uh, Aunt May runs this um, charity organization where um, Spider-Man slash uh, Peter Parker will help out with it. <laughs> and so I thought that was cool that they kind of um, added that into the into the movies. Gave her something to do. Oh, sorry, I'm going to circle back to, because we mentioned before like symbolism. One of my favorite scenes was when they were on the bus and Peter had accidentally called that drone strike on... <laughs> that was great. That was a really funny scene. Yeah. And in order to, like, stop it, he had to, like, hop out of the top of the bus and, like, uh, basically, like, web-shoot the drone. So it, like, broke. And he comes back down. I mean, he's got the glasses on. He has on uh, Edith. And then his hair is all, like, pushed back. And he looks so much like Tony Stark at my heart. I was just like, oh. Yeah, because his hair is all, like, um, crazy, kind of like Tony said. And also that other scene... Where they're on the, um, later on when Happy picks him up and they're on the plane. Yeah, and he, like, puts the web shooter, like, the, when he, the, the modeling, and he puts the model on his hand to look at it the same way Tony would do with the Iron Man suits. Yeah, he just falls into it, like, it's just almost, like, second nature to him. Like, he's never done it before, but, like, you see immediately why Tony picked him. And, um, the... Sweet, I love Led Zeppelin. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, just... Like, keeping consistent with his character, but also just, like, some of the callbacks they had. Like, even in that scene, they had, like, Back in Black by, not Led Zeppelin, but ACDC. Um, and um, it's a callback to the first movie. I thought that was really great. There's a lot of little callbacks to um, Iron Man and just, you know, um, Captain America with, um, you know, I think Happy throws a shield at one point to defend him against one of the drones while he's trying to save the kids and, and that another cop does this and yeah. then um also peter when he picked up the uh the bridge sign he had the shield the shield of cap and then like he had um oh what was he holding on to it's like i don't know exactly what it was concrete it was like concrete and it looked like he's like made almost like a thor like hammer out of it so it was a call back to endgame yeah yeah that was pretty just cool like cap yeah <laughs> But yeah, um, I think another really great part was just, um, in a lot of these things, I've noticed a common theme of don't trust, um, like, adult, like, authority figures in, in these movies. Like, just certain ones, not all of them every time, but it's more just, like, don't trust adults. Like, with the vulture, like, it was kind of, like, one of those things. And then, like, with this one, it was, like, don't put your faith in someone just because they look like they might be the good guy, like... It's one of those things where he definitely had to learn a hard lesson where it's just like you can't just put blind faith in everyone because sometimes not everyone has like your best intentions at heart and like they might have their own agendas and you just don't know. So you should always just be cautious when you're around new people. Yeah, and I also like think it was a good lesson for Peter to like learn to trust himself more, especially since like he lost his spider sense or I guess they're calling it now his Peter Tingle. I, I think they're going to change that. I don't think that's going to stick. That was funny, though. And um, he couldn't, like, you know, he didn't have it for a while. And then, um, I don't know, the, the first scene where Mysterio tricks him, like, it's very reminiscent of Spider-Man 3, like, in the bell tower with um, Venom for some reason. Like, that's what it made me think of. 
anyway, he is easily fooled because he's, like, looking and he's using his eyes and he's trying to, like, figure out his way and he's not, like, trusting himself. He's being, um, I don't know, he's relying on what he can see instead of, like, what he feels. And so, the second time he faces Mysterio and he gets, um, and he's, like, in the illusion, he just closes his eyes and, like, fights his way through. And I thought that was so cool and he doesn't, like, let Mysterio, like, get in his head and trick him again. And I feel like that was super important. Also, one of my, two of my favorite lines, one was delivered by Mysterio and one was delivered by Happy. The first one is never apologize for being the smartest person in the room. That was great. I forgot about that part. And I was just like, because obviously Peter is, like, super smart and that's, like, a huge part of the character and has always been a huge part of the character. And it's just, I don't know. I feel like he often felt, felt the need to apologize for being smarter than most people and like being like who he was and almost like he was ashamed of his like gifts or whatever he just kind of he always didn't really feel secure in himself or like his gifts or whatever so that was like you said kind of went a long way to like this is much more him growing as a person and kind of just coming into himself which um like you could just see him grow and kind of mature through this movie like through all the stuff that mysterio basically put him through i know and then mysterio tries to like squash the development whenever he's like well what do you want to do peter and he's like i want to go on a date with a girl i like and i want to take her to paris and i want to tell her how i feel on top of the apple tower and hopefully get a kiss and Mysterio, like, encourages him to do that, even though Peter knew the right thing to do was to go to Berlin and to, like, try and be part of his, like, new Avengers and to, like, help, like, keep the world safe. And it was really a fine line for me because part of me just wanted him to be able to be a kid. And then, like, another part of me knew that, like, having gifts and talents and having the abilities, like, made him have responsibility um, when it comes to the safety of the world, and I don't know, for me it was like very emotional. And then, okay, okay, and so then my second line is um, way after. It was um, when Happy had picked him up, and Mysterio basically like told him that if he'd been better, Tony Stark wouldn't have died. And so Peter is just like super upset. He's completely broken down and lost, and he doesn't know who he is anymore. And Happy is just like Tony Stark was my best friend, and even he couldn't like live up to his legacy. I'm paraphrasing because I saw the movie once and I'm not the best with like yeah, we, things. We basically just do this but, and try to review it to the best of our memory. But um, he was uh, like, you know, like telling Peter how like nobody can live up to Tony Stark. Tony Stark couldn't even live up to Tony Stark, and how Tony Stark second guessed everything he ever did except for picking Peter, and I was just like, oh, my heart. Yeah, um, I definitely do like um, that he kind of, like, he basically, like, it, it was one of those things where I like that one of the big things that Stan Lee used to do with um, Peter Parker is that he would make him a superhero, and you think being a superhero, oh, all my problems are going to be fixed. Everything's going to be great, but it's not. If anything, he has more problems once he gets superpowers and he can't afford to be selfish. It's one of those things where he constantly has to sacrifice his happiness and 
everything he does constantly has strings attached to it. Even when he does get a happy ending, there's still strings attached to it because it's it's real. And that was one of the things that was really relatable and one of the things that made it really popular when it was first coming out. And one of the things that some of the movies haven't always got right, but these ones have consistently nailed is that it doesn't matter like like if he has superpowers or not it doesn't change the fact that he's still going to have to make hard choices all the time because of the responsibility that he now has. Yeah, like I feel like Peter is expected to have a lot, like the character is required to give great personal sacrifice in order for the greater good. And I don't know, I think it's really kind of, I think it's kind of beautiful. It's really sad because in case you guys couldn't tell, uh, Spider-Man is one of my favorite characters of all time. Was my favorite character of all time until a few years ago. But I love Peter Parker, and I will stand him until the day I die. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I always pull for him to have a happy ending, and I feel like he never really gets a full happy ending. Like, even the, like, extra scene in this one when he, like, goes out with MJ, Michelle, Michelle Jones, and um, he's, like, swinging around the city and stuff, and he stops That was great, seeing her reaction, because in all the other movies, like, the girls are usually scared, but they're not freaking out as much as she was. Like, she was terrified that she was doing that and, like, swinging around the city with him. I don't know. Why don't you talk about this part? She really loved what happened. With the Daily Bugle. Okay, so for like years, they've been um, constantly talking about and kind of teasing. Ever since the Sam Raimi movies ended, like everyone's wanted J.K. Simmons back as J. Jonah Jameson. And they finally did this in this movie, and I was like so ecstatic because fans have been saying for years, just bring him back. No one else can play him as good as he does. And we were right because he comes back and he's not, it's not the Daily Bugle we remember. But, like, it's kind of like him aged. So, like, um, it's kind of like they kind of did what they did in the video games where he's kind of almost like a um, extreme, like, extremist kind of person. Like, one of those, you know, extreme, like, I guess, like, right wing or, like, left wing type sites or whatever. It's very reminiscent of, like, the Daily Mail or, like, a BuzzFeed News type deal. Yeah, and um, it was great just seeing him at the end of there and seeing uh, Peter's identity revealed. Like, so that's a thing, and I'm wondering how they're either going to backpedal with that or how they, they might just leave it. You never know. Like, with this universe, you never know. They might just leave him with his identity being revealed. I'd be so upset if they leave him with his identity being revealed. He is a child. He is 16. He needs to be allowed to be a child. He's been to space, babe. I think that kind of, <laughs> that kind of went out the, went out the door, like, a long time but ago. He's still, he's still a child, and he still, like, needs to be allowed to, like, grow up. And I feel like Tony would have known that. Cap would have known that. Natasha would have known that. And it would have been, like, stressed that, like, he needs to be allowed to have a life. Speaking of people who would have known that, I feel like the real Nick Fury would have known that, you know? But not. Then we got Mr. Scroll over here. Oh, like, yeah, that was a surprise. I like how they finally tied in Captain Marvel into, like, the current timeline, though. 
And um, I like that character, so I wasn't super upset. Like, but at the same time, I was just like, eh. Like, one of the easy ways they could probably fix the whole identity thing is like they could easily discredit like a bad guy if they reveal that like he was actually lying the whole time. Like, Shield could easily cover that up. Yeah, but if we just talk about the second extra credit scene though, that was great. Because like I felt like Nick Fury felt off for most of the movie anyway. Didn't you feel that? Yeah, he was kind of, like, really, like, almost kind of, like, weird, like, weirdly just, like... Too trusting. Yeah, too trusting, and kind of just, like, a lot of the stuff that happened in there, like... Like, it, it, yeah, I totally agree. And I think maybe, um... I don't know. Like, I did like that they, they tied it in, though. Like, it, they did a good job. Um, it definitely does leave itself open for a sequel. Because, like, in the first one, we, we saw he accidentally revealed his identity to his aunt. And I guess in this one, like, he gets his identity revealed to the world, which could easily be discredited. Because the Daily Bugle, I don't know about it in this universe, but in most universes, like, it's not regarded as, like, the place you go for, like, real news. It's almost like an Inquirer type thing, or like one of those type of publications. I think I think it'd be really interesting if they used the fact that Mysterio had been connected to Tony Stark to explain away like why he would choose Peter, like because you know Tony fired him, and if he explained that, if like they used that as like an excuse for him to have a vendetta against Tony Stark, and then bringing up the fact that, like, Parker was close to Stark, and that, like, he, his whole goal was to just destroy the Stark Empire. I don't know, I feel like that would be, you know, I just feel so bad for Peter, because, like, Spider-Man is just, he's just trying to do his best. Yeah, he just have his identity revealed. I don't, I don't know, I don't think people would buy it, though. Like, I know that... Obviously, Michelle was able to figure it out, but I think, like, the world, like, wouldn't really buy that some little kid would be able to, like, be Spider-Man. All the Brad, though, all the little, like, everything clicks together in his head. He's like, he was getting the new suit. He wasn't being a male escort. (laughs) He sneaks off because he's (gasps) Spider-Man. Yeah, that was another character where they kind of um, used the whole blip thing because he was originally, like, a lot younger, right? Like, they they say in the... He was five years younger. Yeah, and so, like, it's kind of funny that what they ended up doing with him where he ended up being... Um, like, a lot, you know, just, old, like, was he older? Is he around the same age as them? I think he was their age then, or maybe a year older. He may have been, like, three or four years younger, and, or, yeah, something like that. But yeah, um, the, again, like I said, some of the visual effects in here were great. I know me and you watched uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, so I kind of, I, I called, I kind of knew what he was going to have to do to basically beat uh, Mysterio was he was going to have to rely on his spider sense to kind of close his eyes. It's even reminiscent of that episode um, where he has to literally close his eyes in order to like, because otherwise we realize just on his eyes he's not going to be able to, you know, um, beat him. So he has to just rely on his like spider sense or his uh, Peter Tingle, I guess. <laughs> Can we talk about, like, how they had, like, a whole group of people, like, that ranged throughout, like, the Iron Man movies? That was really well handled. Like, I know that, obviously, um, Jake Gyllenhaal was added in and, like, you know, kind of like an afterthought. But the other ones, I'm like, that's really cool that they added in people that have just been 
not treated well by either Tony Stark or some of his, like, cohorts or whatever. Yeah. Like, I thought that was really cool. Like, I was impressed that they, that Mysterio just wasn't, because in the comics, he's just a petty theft that, um, thief that, um, is really good with special effects, because he used to work on movies, and he's just by himself. I think he might occasionally work with, like, one other guy, but it's not, like, a whole team of people. He was vicious. I, I don't know. That bothered me. It bothered me, like, how good of an actor he was and how vicious he was. Well, I think it's kind of one of those things where he kind of just, kind of like with the Vulture, except the Vulture might have been a little bit more forgiving because he had a kid. Yeah. Um, I think that he it was one of those things where he was kind of like, he had already decided that he was going to carry out this mission and he didn't care who got in his way, like, he would take them out. Like, it was one of those things where... He didn't care who he hurt. Like, he needed to basically um, carry out this mission. And, like, he wasn't going to let anyone get in his way. And he kind of tried to act like, oh, well, you made me kill Peter now. And I don't think he really cared. Like, I think that was just yeah. more like... Well, I think he I think he, he didn't want to kill Peter, I think. Because he, like, felt like he was, like, a really good person. And he's like, this is such a waste. Like, you're such a good person. That's such a waste. Yeah, and um, I think, honestly, like, with a lot of the stuff, I think that it was cool that they just don't do straight-up adaptations. They, um, they use the continuity to kind of tie them into the universe and give them kind of, like, other things going on. But I know that they can't, going forward, they can't do that with every single villain that, that Spider-Man or someone else has. They can't all be because Tony Stark wronged them or whatever. That would get stale after a while. So I think maybe with the next one, it should be someone else. Yeah. Maybe, like, the people who are left from Mysterio's team, like, get together with some other bad guy. Sinister Six, maybe? Yeah, because I know Sony has been wanting to do that forever. I kind of said that to you on the way out. I was like, it might be Sinister Six. I know they leave some, like, you see the, the computer at the end where, like, they're uploading all that stuff. And that might just be to, you know, reveal his identity. Or it might just be to save all that programs and stuff to use them for themselves. Now that they know that he's um, gone. Those... Those um, illusions and everything were, like, next level. Like, I was surprised every time that they would reveal it. Sometimes I knew, but then other times, like, I was genuinely shocked. Like, a lot of the stuff with Nick Fury I was surprised by. And, like, one of the things that they that they say, um, like, I think it's Happy says, and it's, like, a coded message, but it also applies as, like, a theme to this movie. It doesn't he say, like, not everything is as it seems appearances can be deceptive or something like that appearance can, appearances can be deceiving and I think that's like a good like summary and like theme of this movie is appearances can be like deceptive because mm-hmm. you can go for Mysterio you can go for um, Nick Fury you can go for literally anything and I think that that's like just a good I guess like a good note to go out on um for this movie, uh, just the overall vibe I got from it is just like, don't trust your eyes, like, trust, I guess, your instincts. Trust your Peter Tingle, you guys. Yeah. But, uh, did you have anything else to say, or were you, were you good? I was really happy Peter got the girl. 
Yeah, that was great. I wasn't. I, I, I know they've been teasing that for a while. I wasn't expecting them to kiss. I, I, I was expecting maybe the peck, but I wasn't expecting them to keep going. I was like, okay, cool. I was also really happy Ned had a girl for a hot minute. Yeah, that was surprising. Like, I was just like, oh, okay, cool. I like how they turned that into a joke, though, too, where it's just like, oh, it was just like a summer fling or whatever. Like, I thought that was great. Same thing with Happy and... Um, Aunt May. Yeah, I thought that was cool. They're on two different pages. They need to figure that they out. They need to get married. Yeah, I mean, Peter Cousins. Yeah, Peter would be so uncomfortable. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I would say, I was kind of disappointed. I mean, like, Pepper Potts' name made an appearance in the movie, which I liked, but I really wanted, like, Morgan to make an appearance in the movie. I just, I want Peter to be, like, a big brother to her, you know? They'll, they'll probably do that soon. I'm sure, like, he's going to be in other movies, obviously. I wonder how much they actually ended up showing Tom Holland of the script this time, or if they just <laughs> gave him, like, his lines. Uh, well, I mean, it is his movie, so he kind of needed to know the whole plot to understand what's going on. Yeah, because I just know he's very prone to spoiling his own movies during interviews. Again, Tom, if you're watching this, and it's before September 26, 2020. Shit, you know, get on marrying me. What? Nothing, I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Okay, I guess that's a good note to end this on. Um, this has been What Mean with my crazy fiance, Amanda. I take offense to that, but okay. Crazy, like in a good way, like you're funny. Alright. Well, peace out. See you guys.